Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is Jessica Ma. She and her partner, Andy Sue, have built a very cool online product called Indonero. I guess it would probably be more uh, accurately to say a online service um, that uh, is getting ready to take on some really, really big players in the accounting and financial world uh, for businesses. So, Jessica, thanks for joining me. Thanks. Now, you just recently uh, graduated from UC Berkeley. And uh, by the way, Berkeley is one of my favorite towns. My daughter lived there for a couple of years. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> the um, the pizza place, um, the cheese board. Oh my God, cheese board is the best place in Berkeley. <laughs> and I mean, that ties into exactly what you talk about, which like whenever I read marketing books or word of mouth marketing books, I, I always find cheese board mentioned in there. Yeah, I in fact, I did mention them in my last book. Um, just uh, uh, had a lovely evening one uh, one night sitting out on the on the street as the cars went by <laughs> eating pizza, and uh, it was a great concept. In fact, I'm, I'm, I've threatened to start my own uh, pizza pizza joint like that in Kansas City, Missouri, but that'll be another day. So <laughs> you, uh, I, I started down that path of saying you just gra- recently graduated because it, it certainly um, uh, gives me an opportunity to talk about your, I, I read some bio things on you and uh, your first company you started at, uh, I think it said nine. You want to give us a qu- quick overview of what that was? Yeah, sure. Back, um well, so I started programming when I was nine, and I was doing a lot of small things, like building small websites for people for a few hundred bucks back then, nothing special. And then in middle school, when I was 12 or 13, I started selling stuff on eBay, uh-huh. and that leads into what I'm doing right now. Um, back when I was selling things on eBay, I just didn't know how much money my business was bringing in, uh-huh. and... I really didn't want to learn accounting, and I didn't want to have to use complex accounting software, and I thought, why can't something just automatically do this for me? And I I had the same problem five, six, seven years later, and then in college, I thought, why don't I just solve this myself? And and so now that's what we're doing. Yeah. Ingenero is just a very easy, automated way to manage your business finances without the use of accounting software. Well, and you know, it's so funny how many times I have talked to um, successful entrepreneurs who who had that exact statement. Well, I couldn't find something I needed, so I just built it, and, and lo and behold, you know, it became a company. It's it's amazing how many companies have done that. So, so how does somebody nine years old get into computer programming? Um, like positive encouragement from parents, yeah. I'd say is the best way. Yeah, that's funny. So tell, so you you gave me kind of the the quick uh, overview of what Indonero um, does, and we'll dig, dig a little deeper into the specifics. But you, I know that um, in launching this company, you, you actually went through the, the Y Combinator uh, you know, incubator process. Um, for somebody who's out there thinking, gosh, I want to get started, um, w- would, you, uh, would you recommend that process as a good way to get a company going? Not, not necessarily yeah. Y Combinator, uh, but any, any process like that. Um, I can't say about any of the other programs out there, but I'll say that specifically Y Combinator was just really helpful for us, and um, I do it all over again in a heartbeat. Do you, um, does the incubator process, uh, I mean, on top of having access to people that are going to advise you, did it kind of automatically give you sort of a a work environment that wasn't just you and your computer? Uh, Um. 
Not really, because you don't work out of their space. You oh, okay. work out of your own living room. Oh, so okay. no matter what you're So it was just you and your computer, computer huh? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty so, much. Yeah. So but, you... I mean, it wasn't just that. It was just, like, just talking to customers for half a day really gets you, like, away from the desk, and I think that's just been profound for us. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a, um, it's sometimes a luxury, I think, because, you know, when you're hustling and bustling as a business owner and you've got a hundred things to do, um, sometimes talking to the customer actually drops way down the list, but <clears throat> it's, uh, uh well, I, I think a very profound thing to do on a routine basis. Well, more than just for the sake of talking to them, but actually I was reading the referral engine a few months ago and were. God, I love that book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And I just, um, I thought, all right, like, I'd love to get some testimonials, so, yeah. well, I should try to develop some relationships with clients, and in the process, it just turned into me talking to customers and getting ideas on how to make the product better, and then even if you'd have people who say, oh, I'm not happy with this yet, yeah. it's just not where the product needs to be, then I just talk to them for an hour, figure out what they need, build it out, and then come back, like, a week or two later, and then I'll get, like, a great great um, testimonial and then they'll refer their friends so nothing is set in stone yeah no that's awesome um great great startup uh lesson in there (laughs) now you are i i started my business in 1988 and i was i i think i started using quicken first and uh whenever quickbooks came out uh like 90 or 92 or something like that uh, i went to that um and i'm probably not alone in that uh, <laughs> in that category uh, you're you're taking on a company that probably has uh you you probably know the numbers but i'm going to say 50 60 70 percent market share in the well, small <clears throat> and the accounting and the accounting uh software space quickbooks has 90, 95 percent oh, okay. Yeah, so higher than I thought <laughs> even. Yeah, okay. So are you, I mean, do you see Indonero as a, a direct competitor or is it just a, a another choice? I wouldn't even consider it another choice. It's just its own complete standalone product. What Mint did to Quicken, yeah. we're doing to QuickBooks. Yeah. And people just don't want to use any accounting software, so we try to say, we're the only solution out there to manage your finances without being accounting software. So let's say I'm somebody that, you know, got got my MBA. I thought the accounting classes, you know, were cool. I understood them. All made sense. I mean, w- would this would this appeal to me? You know, Eve, I mean, just as a better way to run my business than anything else that's out there. I know you're really trying to appeal to people that just want, you know, just give me the facts. Uh, but would you also say that this is a power, powerful enough tool for somebody who understands the data and knows how to interpret accounting stuff? Yeah, a lot of uh, people who've actually studied accounting in business school, for example, still use us. Yeah. Um, and... And accountants are excited about it, too, which I thought was really interesting because Mm. when accountants just prefer to stick with actual accounting software, and they say, well, accounting software is great for us, but we buy our clients QuickBooks, and they they let it sit on the shelf, and they just never install it. Yeah, that's that's interesting, though, because I I think that what they've also come to realize is that, you know, a tool like yours will help people better understand what it is they're doing for them, even. Um, and, and I, so I, I could, you know, that makes a ton of sense to me. Um, you have, uh, gone through a process of raising some money for your startup. You want to talk about the, the, the good and bad about that process? 
Sure. Um, the, I'll start with the good. The good <laughs> was that it wasn't very different from talking to my customers. I just, you know, listened to a lot of them and how they ran a business before. Like, I'm, I'm referring to investors who yeah, yeah. often were entrepreneurs themselves. And I, yeah. I asked them, remember when you were trying to run your own business? And, and then I, I give them, I talk to them in the same way I talk to a customer. And it's just really natural. So that's the good part. Um, and then the bad part is it's a little distracting from building a business, but um, I think there's just more, for me, there, there's more upside than downside because, I mean, I was talking to investors who were entrepreneurs themselves, so they got the problem instantly. One of the um, things that you are doing, as many people are doing these days, you you seem to be sort of chronicling your uh, business, not in a, here's our new great feature, but in a, you know, here's why today sucked, maybe, you know, kind of way. <laughs> um, and I think that that's really refreshing. And I, I think people have come to expect that sort of personal side. And so I, I grabbed a couple of, of, of direct quotes from uh, blog posts of yours, because I think they're very, very telling um, from a startup standpoint. Um, I can quickly tell that businesses that think they have a marketing problem actually have a product problem. You want to talk about that? <laughs> This halftime break is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact helps small businesses and nonprofits build great customer relationships with email marketing, event marketing, and online surveys. Visit them today at constantcontact.com and sign up for your free 60-day trial. Yeah, well, I have a huge product bias, and I, I think that... Too many people focus on outreach, right. like as in like advertising and just getting inbound visits to their website. And in reality, it's just the product's often not there. Or um, in our case, we um, when we we're first starting out, we were building a lot of products, um, and we just didn't. I guess we, we knew that we weren't ready to do a bunch of marketing, although a lot of people said, oh, you guys need to focus on the marketing. That's right. how you're going right. to have all your problems. But we're like, no, we're going to focus on the product for a little while before we talk to anyone about the marketing stuff. Well, I think it's actually, I mean, I think there's a there's a ton in that statement. And I've said, I mean, you already referenced my book, The Referral Engine. I mean, I, uh, the secret, as you probably learned in half of that book, is that the way you get more referrals is to be more referable. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and I think that that's a lot of what you're talking about, that if you focus on the product, you focus on the customer experience, you won't have to lead generate anymore because they'll do it for you. Um, you talk about your pricing structure, and I think that that's a really, um, you know, brutally honest uh, uh, statement that you made. Um, we knew we wouldn't, or we were worried we wouldn't be right out of the gate, but ends up that it doesn't matter too much. It's a continuously iterative process, and we're still trying to figure out what what's fair and ideal pricing looks like. I, I think that's a, uh, I think that's a completely honest <laughs> uh, statement that uh, that probably more companies and entrepreneurs uh, need to make. And I think it probably is going back a little bit to talking to your customers uh, enough to figure out, you know, maybe where you're wrong, where you're right. So how, um, how, is, how has the, I, I guess that's the first question, how has the pricing process <laughs> um, worked uh, out? Uh, do you feel like you're there? You've nailed it now? Oh, no, I don't think we'll ever completely nail it because there's just so many different ways to monetize. But yeah. 
the cool story behind this is that at first we tried to put down the pricing ourselves and we ran like internal debates. Okay, let's do this. No, that's a terrible idea. Let's price it this way. And then we started talking to businesses and they also had no idea how we should charge. But the interesting part is that we started talking to accountants because the accountants are the ones referring QuickBooks and accounting software to their clients. And we thought, all right, they know what to do. And so that's, um, they told us how we should price it. And that's been working out much better than our original pricing model. Yeah. So I, I guess the, and feel free to share as much or as little as you want about this. How has, sure. how has your little startup gone? It's gone pretty well. I mean, we're, we're making enough money to pay for all the bills and be mildly profitable. So we're not like uber rich, but, uh, we're making money, um, venture financing aside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another comment I want to pick up on just to have you talk a little bit, um, Advertising a feature before actually building it should be highly encouraged while building a startup. Um, there's some people that could mis- misinterpret that. Um, what? Uh, yeah. What's your? What's your? I'm misinterpreting it myself. <laughs> what's your thinking? What about? did I write that post? <laughs> well, I think you were talking about the idea that I think at least discovering a little bit if there's demand or if people really want something, so uh, that you can then I, I I'm guessing that that you can then have them help you build it. Yeah, I guess um, for us... I think it had to do with some well, of your, your integrations that didn't actually exist yet. Yeah, so we said that we... Well, we didn't say, but we had a logo of FreshBooks on yeah. our website. Um, no, they're good and companies. people started clicking on it. Oh, they're a great company. Yeah. And then it sent them to a page saying, oh, sorry, we don't actually integrate with FreshBooks yet, but please email us and we'll get on this um, as soon as we get enough requests and... All of a sudden, we were getting dozens and dozens of requests for it, and then we knew, okay, we have to build this. Yeah. On the contrary, we built out another feature, um, SMS alerting. In case like something goes wrong with your finances, we'll send you an SMS alert. And um, we didn't actually build it out. There was a pop-up that said, hey, like this doesn't exist yet. Email us if you want it. Yeah. And this feature like was kind of annoying to build, so that's why we did this. And like no one sent us an email about it, so... So you're you're taking that as research <laughs> that suggests maybe you don't, <laughs> don't need to build it. No, I, I think it's yeah. brilliant. I think it's brilliant. So tell us, give us a little bit of a you know as much as you can without in audio a sort of tour of Indonero. If I'm uh, you know and I am a, a small business owner that uh, you know that would uh, consider this as a better way to run their finances. Um, you know, talk about the maybe the process and the you know what you're finding customers are saying about you know the results of doing this. Sure. Well, the first thing is that most businesses aren't using anything to begin with. They might have a spreadsheet that has some of their expenses on it, or they might look at their bank balance or their PayPal balance. But I remember back when I was running my small business on eBay, I always thought, wow, I'm making thousands of dollars a month, when in reality I was only making like hundreds of dollars a month because my margins weren't that great. And I had no idea what those margins were, and to this day I still don't know what they are. (laughs) And it's really unfortunate because um, it's not just that accounting software is hard to use. Um, I mean, that's... Everyone thinks it's hard to use. Everyone thinks math is hard. But yeah, like right. once you get it, it's not that bad. But yeah. the, just getting started is the most difficult part. And 
if you don't know what charter accounts is and how to reconcile transactions and all that silly vocabulary that just makes accountants feel smart, then it's it's really unfortunate and it shouldn't be that way. So, um, so that's that's why we built it. And then we addressed each of the questions I had when I was running my business. Like, what are my margins? How much am I making month to month? In my own business, I think, all right, um, we're running a web startup, so we eat out a lot. Um, we order takeout a lot. How much are we spending on restaurants? And yeah. before Indonero existed, while it was still like not working yet, I had this question all the time, and it was terrible. And now I actually look at that number and think, okay, we got to cut back on our restaurant spending. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, so so if if I'm running my business already this way, and and let's say I'm not, you know, well, well I, I'll throw out the ultimate challenge. Let's say I have my business and have had my business for a number of years on QuickBooks. How would I? How would I? How would I switch in a way that wasn't more painful than staying put? We're trying to make that easier. For example, we built a tool that automatically imports a lot of your old data from QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. But if you just add your bank and credit card and PayPal information to Indonero, then we often just download all of your data. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's um, you know certainly a feature that you promote, and I think rightly so. There, there is a this sort of automation uh, functionality, right, where where you'll go out and get um, credit card and bank information, um, and and so then it's the you know it's it's there and it's input into the system automatically, right? Correct. So while I while I think that's a you know obviously a brilliant feature, um, what about security? Um, you know, if you if you, I'm sure that there there's still this kind of bias on people that doing stuff. You know, even if it's misfounded, doing stuff online. You know, as a sort of natural kind of, you know, there's a lot of folks that that won't ever switch their accounting to online because they somehow think that their you know their laptop in their unsecure office is safer. But um, the the you know, if I'm giving all my credit card information and I'm hooking up you know, my bank account to this one place, um, how easy or hard would it be for a rogue employee? Um, to misuse that? Um, well, if for us, like none of us have access to your credentials. We don't store it. So yeah. even if I had a rogue employee, they couldn't yeah. break into your accounts. And on the flip side, if you had a rogue employee who broke into your account, they can't move money or yeah. do anything malicious to your account. So that's um, so we're pretty safe from, from the onset just because you don't have that ability. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure you get that question often, though, right? I mean, uh, when people start talking about oh, their, their finances, they get a little nervous about, well, you know, where are they going, <laughs> you know, up in this <laughs> in, in this cloud kind of thing. So, what oh, um, what's the uh, what's the future look like? I mean, what uh, are you you focused on? Just sort of normal startup stuff, grow it and figure out how to make a better product, or are you are you working on exit strategy like Mint? <laughs> No, um, we're not thinking about exit strategy. We're not, um, and we're also not just thinking about iterative improvement. We're like we have a big dream. We want um, every business to to be able to know how their finances look with minimal effort. And and the idea is that I personally don't think that many businesses will consider using accounting software by the end of this decade because accountants will realize that it's not the optimal approach. It's been We've been doing things the wrong way for tens of years, and we just want a solution to be around long enough for that to really take effect. 
Um, so it's just indenero.com, and uh, you have th three versions currently, a free uh, kind of small business and an enterprise. Is that accurate? Yep, that is currently accurate and, and, and always changing. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you basically pay for more transactions. Is that that's kind of the easy way to slice it? That's the easy way to it. So, last question. Uh, I love to ask people this: the the name. Oh. Where? How'd you come up with it? Uh, was there? Is there a good story, or <laughs> did it just? We just <laughs> sit around one day eating this takeout pizza and decided that was the name. Oh man, I was actually knocking my my head into the wall for for like a few hours trying to come up with names, and so I searched the word money in many different yeah. foreign languages and. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, oh, Dinero sounds pretty catchy. What, what goes well with Dinero? And um, I asked my friend to help me out, and she said, why don't you say in Dinero? So it's like in the money. Yeah. And <laughs> I thought, oh, that sounds pretty catchy. And we uh, bought all of the different variations of Dinero. Like if you spell it with an E and then an I versus an I and then an E or two yeah. E's, like we have all those variations. And, um, and it's, it's a love it or hate it type name. No, I, well, I fall into the love it side. I think it works uh, on all the marketing levels too. You know, phonetically and it's catchy. It's not that hard to spell, and the domain name was available. So, <laughs> well, uh, Jessica, thanks so much for taking time. I know you told me you're you're getting ready to go on a, on what is probably a well deserved vacation, probably the last one you'll ever have um, as an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, but uh, I wish you the best of luck, and uh, I will. Uh, uh, pay close attention to your progress. I'm uh, interested to see where you take this company. Thank you so much. All right. um, cool. Take care, and we'll t hopefully we'll visit again soon someday. Sounds great. Thanks, Bye. John. Bye now.